Lynn Hiles Ministries presents That You Might Have Life. He said he didn't send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might have life. So Jesus came that we might have life. The Bible said in him was life, the life was the light of men. The more light you have, the more life you're going to have. So you can have peace. Was only, that's why it's called the gospel of peace. He took your punishment so you could get his peace. He took what you had coming so you could get what he has coming. All around the country and around the world, people just like you are awakening to the good news of Jesus Christ. What God wanted to do was release the kingdom of God in your life until the joy and the peace and the righteousness of the Holy Ghost would so fill your life. I don't want to just make heaven my home. I want to make my home like heaven. And now, here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Thank you so much for joining us today on the program again. Uh, you, you probably have not seen me have a guest on the program uh, most of the time uh, that you've been watching me on this particular network, but uh, today uh, we are going to have a special guest on with me today, and you're probably going to see a lot of this guest over uh, the period of years that you will watch us as long as we're staying on the air, but I have today on the set with me uh, my oldest son, uh, Jeremy, who is the pastor of Word That Frees, a great thriving church in Northern Virginia, in the Winchester, Virginia area. And uh, you owe it to yourself if you live anywhere within an hour or so to go by and uh, be in one of their meetings. They meet mostly, well, they meet at this time on Monday nights at uh, the Woodsman of the World building there in uh, Winchester, Virginia. And there's information, location, phone numbers on his website. And I'm sure uh, they'll put that website up for you, or you can contact us for more information about where to meet, where they're meeting at. But it is good to have you on the show with me today, Jeremy. And uh, I'm just glad to have you on. So, good to be here again. Good. <laughs> Been a little while. Yeah. Uh, when we first came on this network, uh, uh, we've, we've been kind of establishing my presence, but it's good. To, this is my oldest son. I have two sons, actually, and uh, my youngest son is the executive producer for the program. He's mostly behind the cameras, and uh, once in a while he's in front of them. But Jeremy is a pastor there, again, in Winchester, Virginia. I've been sharing a series with you uh, over the last several months, and we're going to continue that even with Jeremy being here today. I've asked him to be my guest because of some of the things that he's been teaching. Teaching. Now, we've really not on this program uh, gotten too much yet into the book of Revelation, but we're going to delve into the book of Revelation a little bit probably over the next couple of weeks. And I really challenge you to really open your heart and let the Spirit of the Lord kind of, uh, you know, give revelation to you. You know, I'm convinced that none of us know it all, none of us have all of it together. But I believe together corporately, God can give pieces to stuff. And so all we can do is share the revelation that God has given to us. One of the things when I began to teach the book of Revelation years ago, and we have in our archives, uh, first of all, I have a book that I wrote called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. It has much of what we're going to share in it. And uh, they'll probably put that on the screen as well. But we also have a series on the book of Revelation that is our number one requested set of material. And so those things are available to you. Uh, but when I began to study the book of Revelation back some years ago, uh, what really began to hit my spirit is that this is, Jeremy, a revelation of Jesus Christ. It is not as much about end time events as it is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, we don't want to be so much controversial yet, even in this first setting, 
But I believe any time that you preach Jesus, you can't go wrong. And what happened to me was, you know, years ago, I began to look at this book and uh, I began to think if the other 65 books of the Bible are a revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, if I read in Genesis, uh, you know, about a, a ram being taken up on a mountain or Abraham, you know, ascending with his son to the mountain and, uh, and a ram gets caught in the thicket. And I can see that that really is a picture yeah. and a shadow of a revelation of, you know, a greater father who would offer his son. And the ram that would be caught in the thicket later on would be, of course, Jesus. When they jammed the crown of thorns on his head, that was a ram caught in the thicket. Uh, interestingly enough, on the exact same mountain, and that's a picture of Jesus. Yeah. In the book of Exodus, he was the lamb taken out from among the sheep and the goats, and he was the blood that was put on the doorposts of the hearts or the houses, mm-hmm. and he was what gave them deliverance yep. from the Egyptian slavery and bondage. Uh, if the book of Leviticus is about a priest, and then we get in the New Testament, we find out that Jesus is a priest. And then, uh, you know, the book of Numbers and, and Deuteronomy and, and all of that is about priestly things and about the wilderness journey. Uh, we can see all through that book of Numbers, especially, he was the bread that came down from heaven. He was the manna that fell. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they're dead, but I'm the true bread that came down from heaven. If you can find him in the book of Joshua uh, as the one who would lead the people, you know, Moses brought him out with a rod, but Joshua brings him in with a mercy seat. And Joshua's name is the equivalent of the name of Jesus. And, uh, you know, I could go through every book of the Bible and I know you have could too, because you've learned how to really see Jesus everywhere you go, because that's what we preach. We <laughs> yeah. preach Jesus. No matter where we take a text from, we're going to preach Christ. So when I got to the book of Revelation, when I was 16 years old, and that's been a few years ago, I said, Lord, open this book to me. And if you open this book to me, I'll be faithful to tell the people, you know, what you said to me about it. And the Lord said to me very early on, he said, this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now that to me is, is an easy one. Why is that? Because it starts out by saying the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the only book of the Bible that really tells you what it's about up front. It's a revelation yep. of Jesus But amazingly enough, we preach everything but Jesus from this book. We'll preach bugs as big as Volkswagens, Godzilla monsters coming up out of the ocean. We'll preach, you know, uh, everything from USA Today to CNN to to whatever from this book. And I guess that's their human prerogative. I can only preach what I believe is a revelation to me. But when I came to this book, I started realizing this book is a revelation of Jesus just like the other 65. And I thought, why not? If every other book of the Bible is about him, then this book, which would be the last book of the Bible, would be the culmination of this book. It is the summary of uh, the rest of the books of the Bible so that you could take the keys, for instance, and we'll, we'll do some of that as we go. I, I know I'm taking a little time to introduce yeah, this. Go ahead. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, we would take the keys that we found in the rest of the Bible and unlock this book because when you compare spiritual things with spiritual things, you'll get the right answer. When you compare spiritual things with natural things, it becomes subjective and you can get all kinds of fanciful ideas. In other words, you can get bugs as big as Volkswagens and Apollo programs and Scud missiles and everything else. But I'm convinced that the key to unlock the book of Revelation is found in the rest of the book. So that when we get to Revelation 1 here and we see seven golden candlesticks, what most people think is that these candlesticks are some beautiful piece of furniture 
uh, on a planet three miles south of Mars in a place called heaven when we find out, no, the, 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 the candlestick was also in the tabernacle of Moses. The, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the throne was in the tabernacle of Moses. The, uh, I mean, the incense was in the tabernacle. All of these things are already been described uh, in the uh, in the Old Testament, that are the picture or the shadow that are pointing to something greater, which is they were pointing to Jesus. Whether it was the brazen altar, the blood that was shed, or 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 the incense offering, or any of that that was uh, declared, it is un- so. That's the key that begins to unlock the book. Yep. And th- then the second thing, and and I know, listen, I'm, I know I'm taking a little while to introduce here, and I'll let you jump in in just a moment. But uh, you know, for instance, the hermeneutic to this book, or the principle of interpretation, is. Uh, very simply, that if you see in this book a lamb as if it had been slain, and you're going to see that in this Mm -hmm. book, the reason we know the lamb is not a furry creature in a barnyard somewhere that is not a literal, natural animal, it's a picture of Christ, is because we read that someplace else in the Bible, in the Mm -hmm. book of Exodus. And then John the Baptist would say, right there's the lamb of God. Who takes away the sin, of the, world. the sin of the world. So that we know that the lamb is not a literal barnyard creature. We spiritualize that and we realize it is a sign and a symbol, which Revelation 1, verse 1 says, This is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean it's way out in the distant future. That means it was something relevant to this first century church. Yep. And he sent and signified it, or he literally, the word signified here means he wrote it. In signs and in symbols, so uh, he. So for number one, this book is about Jesus. Number two, it's written in symbols. Number three, it is about his. Uh, it's about a revelation of Jesus to you, and as you go on to see in this uh, first chapter, a revelation of Jesus to you will produce a revelation of Jesus through you. Yeah. So uh, this book is about him, and there's so much stuff that could be said about it. It says even in the very first part of this, I am he which was, which is, which is to come. So this book is relevant. It's past, mm-hmm. it is present, and it is future. In other words, what has happened uh, and what is is a result of what's already happened, but it also has future ramifications. Yep. And so it really is a revelation of Jesus. So uh, everywhere, I believe it's the, the, the summation. It is the summary of the rest of the Bible. And people will say things like, you know, I read the last chapter of the book and we win, except the way they preach it, we don't win. But the way we preach it, we do win. Jesus is the winner. He is the victor. He's the all-time champion of the world. And so we're going to look at a revelation of Jesus Christ in this book. Yeah. Uh, it's good to have you on the show. Jump in there and share yeah, yeah. some things and we'll just take our time because we don't, we, we got all the time in the world if we want to sh- shoot as many shows as we want to. Uh, yeah. It's well, good to have you on the show today. Again, it's good to be here and I'm happy to be here. And especially uh, in the, uh, in the, um, the opening of this book, uh, this has been a book that I've been teaching actually for quite some uh, months now, I believe, in our home church there at, in Winchester, and uh, it's take. I'm only on to chapter three, and it's been months. Of mm, that's why teaching. it took me ten minutes to get the introduction. Yeah, uh, just... so I, it's 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 such a uh, it's such a vast book when you look at it from the perspective of Jesus. When you begin to look for Christ in it, it just it this book just uh, to me it just so expands and so explodes and. Uh, I took, you know, the people that have come into uh, our local church there in Winchester are a diverse group that have come from many different backgrounds. So they have heard many different things from this book. And so 
uh, the, the weightiness of what uh, to teach this book is to never attack anybody on their belief system. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that the gospel is not meant to be something that uh, should right off the bat be meant to offend people. Right. That the gospel can offend people uh, without being offensive. Without, without trying. Without trying to be it. offensive. Because you're, you're, you're showing, you're taking, the, you're taking all the, uh, the, the, the focus off of you and you're putting it upon Christ and, and that's never been looked at before. Most yep. people put the, I mean, most of the time, uh, and growing up in just the times of church that I've grown up in, the focus was always upon me, what I've done wrong, what I have to fix, what, you know, my, you know, all the things that I've got to do in order to please God. And all of a sudden now the gospel comes along and is preached in a purity that doesn't, that takes the focus completely off me where it's not about me at all. It's all about Jesus yeah. and my identity in him. And so I begin to take this book and I began to look at it and say, well, let's look at this book from, not from a, uh, you know, not from our past belief systems, but let's look at it from this perspective of a revelation of Jesus, an unveiling of who Christ is. The, that word revelation is the Greek word apocalypsis is where we get our word apocalypse. And, you know, Hollywood has taken that word and made it into, you know, when zomb you know, when the zombie apocalypse comes and catastrophes, you know, catastrophes and the explosions off. and all this stuff happening, you know, and this, you know, the, there's been a nuclear war and there's only a couple people left and it's all bad and, you know, all this. And that's really not what that word means. The word apocalypse simply means to unveil yep. or to reveal something. Yeah. And the Apostle Paul said uh, in one of his epistles, he said, you know, here's the mystery. Uh, you know, my, one of my favorite shows growing up when I was a kid was Scooby-Doo. You know, because Scooby-Doo, there was always going to be a mystery. Yeah. And at the end, yep. at the end, this monster that they were all scared of would be unveiled. They would pull the mask off of this monster and it revealed that it was just a normal person just like everybody else. And so, you know, Apostle Paul said, here's the mystery. Here's, here's the thing that's been hidden from ages. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's right. And so this book is exactly what Paul was talking about. When John wrote this book, he was just following up on something that Paul had said as well, that this is a mystery. And I'm going to reveal the mystery to yep. you that it's not, it's not going to be hidden from you anymore. It's not going to be a mystery. It's not going to be spookiness. It's going to be something that we can show you plainly. Under the old covenant, it was hidden. You couldn't utter these things. You couldn't speak of these things. It was unlawful. But now we've entered into an age where it's lawful to utter these things. It's lawful to begin to speak plainly of the mysteries of Christ. Under the old covenant, you spoke of uh, where, you know, Moses uh, went up, took his son into a mountain. He finds this ram caught in a thicket. It was a picture of Christ, but that was hidden in mystery. Yeah. It was, nobody you, knew what that Nobody knew what that meant when, when, until the day that Jesus came down the banks uh, of the River Jordan. And, and John said, John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God. That takes away what John just did was unveil the mystery. Yeah. Here's the you know under the old covenant, Abraham it was a mystery. Now it's unveiled. Here's Christ. Yeah. This is the real Lamb. Under the in the old in the book of Leviticus, Exodus, Numbers, when they would talk about the sacrifice of a Lamb, they were looking at a woolly creature. It really was just a barnyard creature at that point. Yeah. But it was veiled in mystery that there was something greater that was being spoke of. Jesus comes along and it's unveiled that it's He is the Lamb that doesn't just cover sins. He's the Lamb that completely takes it away. And so in this book, it's an unveiling. It's a revealing of this Christ, of who Christ really was and what he did in his death, burial, and resurrection, you know, in his three days, his, his earth work, in his passion. Yeah. And so when you begin to take it from that perspective, what I have found is that when people hear you say, you know, we, I want to talk about the book of Revelation, there's a wall a lot of times to go up. Yeah. 
because they've heard so many things oh, yeah. from it and they expect to be They're scared. They're getting ready for the horror movie. They're getting ready to be scared. They're getting ready for bad news. And what I've found in just a little bit of time of talking about Jesus from this book, people get happy. Yeah. The weight's lifted off. There's not a fear. Yeah. There's a, there's a happiness that, that, you know, even in the first chapter, he says, happy is he that reads and understands this yep. book. You're blessed if you, ha if you blessed yep. and happy are you, if you read and understand this book. And I was never happy or blessed when I read it from an, un from an outside understanding of yep. Christ. The moment I began to look for Jesus in it, I really found out why I was blessed and happy. Yeah. Because I realized this wasn't about a, a, a destruction outside. This was about the destruction of my old man, my old creation, mm -hmm. my who I was in Adam, and an unveiling of who I was in Christ. Yeah. It was. It begins to open my eyes to things that and, I never and saw it was, before. It was not only just a revelation, so much of coming events as it was of you know one of the things they sing a lot in this book is. Thou hast redeemed us to God. Mm -hmm. So the book of Revelation is not even a, a lot about coming events. Yep. Now there was some coming events sure. that was about to occur, especially even to this early church. Yep. And uh, and so uh, they're singing, Thou hast redeemed us. So to the believer, this is not about what's coming. It's about what you've been redeemed from. Yep. And then secondly, and I'm going to throw it back to you again real quick, but it is a revelation of Jesus. And I was thinking while you were saying that in chapter 1, uh, you know, uh, verse 1, I believe it is, it says, uh, he, uh, yeah, he wrote these things to, uh, he, which uh, he gave un to show unto his servants the things which must surely come to pass. And the servant in this case was the bond slave or the love slave. And we're going to yep. talk about Loved a little bit during sure. it, somewhere in the next coming programs, probably. This one will be just introduction. But uh, the love slave was the, the servant or the slave who had fulfilled his obligation and his tenure, and he had no more obligation to say as a slave. And he would, but he would come back and say, But I love my master. Yep. And I love my, and I love my, uh, I love my master, and I choose to serve you. Yep. And when he would choose to serve him, they would take him and take his ear and bore a hole and nailed his ear to the door. And man, you know, you say, well, at first you'd think, oh, Lord. But, you know, well, the reality of it is when you realize that Jesus Christ is the door <laughs> and that if you're going to get a revelation of what this book is about, you're going to have to have your ear nailed to the door, which is Jesus Christ. He is the door. And no, no wonder John the Revelator was the one who wrote this because he was yeah. the one who leaned over on the breast of Jesus, heard his heartbeat. Yeah. Because if you get the heartbeat of what this is saying, that's who this book is going to be open to, is the one who's, whose ear is nailed to the door and is really listening for the heartbeat of the Lord in it. Yeah. You know? And even John would always refer to himself in the Gospels. He would always say, and the disciple whom Jesus loved. Isn't that powerful? You know, and so he understood, and I believe the reason why John would write that is because John who would lay his head on the breast of Jesus, really heard the breast, the, the, the heartbeat of God, of that his heart was, I, my whole nature is love. My whole, my whole nature is the redemption of all mankind. Mm -hmm. And John heard that heartbeat, and he would always refer to himself and say, and the disciple whom Jesus loved. Not only that, but John, who wrote this book, was also the disciple who was there at, at, at the, the whole passion of, of Christ. Yeah. He was there when Jesus was taken. He was there while Jesus was being accused. He was there as Jesus was being beaten. He was there at the cross as Jesus was breathing his last breaths and, and saying his last words. And 
He was there on the day of resurrection when he came running to the tomb and entered into the tomb and saw, uh, you know, the, the empty tomb that was there, the angels that were standing at the head and at the foot. He saw it. He saw it all. Yeah. Uh, he experienced Christ when he was when he would come to them and visit them in an upper room again, and and so John saw the whole passion of Christ. And so when he writes this book, it's it's easy for him to write a revelation, or an unveiling of Christ because yeah. he saw the passion of Christ. He saw yeah. the the whole redemptive work of what Jesus yeah. did and experienced it firsthand. And so he's sitting on this island called Patmos, and he's there for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He's there for a testimony of it. Uh, you know, I always thought, you know, I said, uh, I preached a message one time called the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth that when you would be called into court yep. to give your testimony, it wasn't that you would get up and say, well, you know, I thank God I made it to church today. You know, I had a flat tire, devil tried to stop me, but I got here fine. Yeah. You know, and that's, that, those, those things are okay, but that's really not the testimony right. that they're talking about. The testimony is when you are called in, is a, is a court term. Yeah. You're called in the t court to give your account of the events. Yeah. This is John's accounts of the events that took place. He's yeah. giving a testimony that he swears this is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Well, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, even the truth, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So everything that John's going to give an account of, of the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, has got to be an account of Jesus. Yeah. He's going to tell all, everything about Jesus in this yeah. book and not nothing. So, 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 you know, when we talk about that, we're the victor in the end of this. Well, we're the victor because you see the account, the testimony that's going to get, you're going to be going to, you're going to be given is that the enemy is really defeated. He was defeated in the person and work of Jesus Christ. We are the victors because we're not in an old creation any longer. We're not sinners any longer. We've right. been made the righteousness of God. That's why we can be brought into victory. That's why we can be seated with him in heavenly places. That's why we can be, you know, John says, what, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we might be called the sons of God. Well, I didn't become a son of God in my old identity in Adam. Adam, you know, Adam is dead. He's gone. He can't be a son any yeah. longer. You know, I'm living, I'm, I'm, I'm breathing in a life of Christ. I've been brought into a son because I'm in Christ now, yeah. Yeah. no longer in Adam. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so he gives this whole account. And even in the, the God comes to, or, or Christ comes to him in this first chapter and says, I'm the Alpha and Omega on the beginning and the end. And John says, I fell at his feet as dead. And he says, he laid his hand upon me and said, John, fear not. Yeah. For I'm the first and I'm the last. Yeah. What he's talking, what he's telling John is that, John, you don't have to die any longer. I was your death. Yeah. I was the first and the last I Adam. I identified You're with you the first Adam and became the first. So the death, burial, and resurrection became I the last Adam. I am all of Adam. Yeah. Uh, everything that everyone was in Adam, I became that and put an end to it so that your death is no longer required. Your death was, was yeah. already abstracted yeah. in what I did yeah. in my death, burial, and resurrection yeah. so that you can raise and real, look me in the face and realize that when you look at me, you have a right there that, you know, there was in the old covenant, you couldn't look upon the face of God and live. Yeah. Well, the truth of the matter is we all looked upon his face and died. Yeah. Now we can look upon it and live because we have that's not who we were. We're not in Adam yep. any longer. There's a new creation. And I, and I think it's interesting, too. It's amazing how fast this time goes. But I think it is amazing as well that, you know, one of the things he says uh, in verse 9, he says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion and tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the hour that is called Patmos. Mm -hmm. For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, heard behind me a great voice like a trumpet. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to preach, you know, uh, John said, I was on an island called Patmos. This is what's really uh, cool to me. Everything about the Word of God is so powerful. <laughs> but the word Patmos here is a word that I believe it's from uh, uh, my source on it. I believe it's J.B. Jackson's proper names, what it means. Uh, but uh, the word Patmos here means my killing. Yep. So uh, here is John on an island called my killing. But he's there to get a, uh, for a revelation of the testimony of Jesus. The Greek word for testimony here is the Greek word martyr. And so he's on an island called my killing to get a revelation of the martyrdom of Jesus. And I used to preach that like, okay, I'm your companion in tribulation. And so when God's done pulling you through a knot hole backwards, when you've had enough suffering, when you've gone through it enough, that some of that produces his appearing. But the reality of what I begin to see is what John was saying is I was on an island called my killing. But what I was really there for is to get a revelation of the death of Christ, his martyrdom. And then he said, all of a sudden, I heard a voice behind me. And what John realizes when he gets a revelation of the death of Christ and what the death of Christ exacted for him, that his death was not just for me, his death was as me, that his killing was my killing, he realizes I heard a voice behind me and my killing is not in my future. My killing happened 2,000 years ago. And everything about that, this, this verse screams that because even the trumpet, I heard a voice like a trumpet. Many times in the scriptures, a trumpet came from a ram's horn. And a ram's horn comes from a dead male lamb. It comes from the death of a lamb. So when you hear a message coming through the death of a lamb, when you hear the message of Jesus and his finished work, and you hear the message of the finished work and how his death was your death, see again, it produces this apocalypse, this uncovering of the mystery, which is Christ in you. And so you start to realize, he said, I got in the spirit on the Lord's day, which was literally the Sabbath or the day of the Lord or the day of atonement. Many people, scholars think it was a day of atonement, whatever it is, it all points to Sabbath because it was in the seventh month. It points to his death. And what he's saying is, hey, my death is not in my future. My death is in my past. Yep. And so when you see that, you will fall down at his feet like a dead man and see many of these things that we're going to use when we talk about the seven churches, uh, we're going to see you know, him say to them, uh, in other words, before he ever gives them anything to do to change, he always gives them a revelation of who he is yeah. to that church that will give them the power to change. In other words, he will always say like, I am he who was the first and the last. And the revelation of the fact that he was the first Adam in his death. In other words, he took into him the whole Adam family. He identified with who we were in the first Adam so that we could identify with who he is in the second Adam. Then our Patmos is not in our future. Our Patmos is behind us. And then, you know, there is amazing, we're about to run out of time here, but it's amazing that even as he comes down through here, and we'll pick this up on the next segment. You don't want to miss any of these programs. These are going to be good. But the reality of it is, is he sees uh, Jesus walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And then he just cuts through all the mystery. And he said, the seven golden candlesticks, which you saw, they are the seven churches. Yep. So this is not just a revelation of Jesus to you, but now a revelation of Jesus through you yep. so that it's him being revealed in the yep. church, in the candlesticks, and he's appearing in the midst of his people. You know, that, that's just so incredible to me. Uh, you know, and when I, that was an absolutely powerful revelation is that my killing is not in my future. My killing is in my past. 
we're, we're just getting close to running out of time. So I want you to join us every week. Man, tell your friends about us and tune in every week. We've got all kinds of material on the subject of the book of Revelation. You can call our number on the screen uh, or, or, or uh, you can go to our website and see all kinds of stuff. Tune in again next week and, and watch us as we share the word of God concerning the book of Revelation. God bless you. This series is about living life in the context of sonship. Jesus is recognized as a son in the River Jordan by his father. Flowing from his identity as a son, Jesus comes up out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit with incredible demonstrations of the miraculous. He introduces to his followers the new covenant idea that God is more than just an austere judge. He is our Father. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Let us awaken to our true identity and set creation free.